You know, every day we are waking up to new headlines. It's creating a lot of confusion, not to mention, I think it's adding to a really uh, badly increased hesitancy. AstraZeneca has been a disaster. Now, the vaccine said to be safe. I would take it. I believe it's safe. But because we get new headlines every day that undermine it, people who would normally not have a hesitancy are now scared to take the shot. Then there's the issue of delaying second shots. Now, this is a decision that was strictly a political stunt. And there's absolutely no data to back up that this is smart. And now, of course, warnings are coming out that delays of getting the second shot is putting our most vulnerable at further risk. And now those who need the shot the most are saying, well, I don't want to get one shot if I'm not going to get the second shot. So I just won't get a shot at all. This is turning into just a big old cluster puck. And I'm just going to say it like that. Dr. Byron Bridal is an associate professor of viral immunology at the University of Guelph. He joins us again. Good to have you, doctor. Yes. Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me again. Confusion seems to be our biggest enemy right now. Um, you know, every day it's a new headline. Now we're learning that we're not going to get the 1.5 million doses of AstraZeneca from the United States because we're not ready. And then we're also not going to get this half million dose shipment because of um, backlog delays coming out of the European Union. And this is starting to turn a lot of people off from getting vaccines that normally wouldn't. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I've been frustrated since the beginning of the pandemic about this uh, this whole issue with vaccine hesitancy. And I've seen a lot of people, you know, experts talk about this. Vaccine People with vaccine hesitancy are often viewed as people who simply need to be better educated about vaccines. And if they were better educated, then clearly they would uh, adopt the vaccination strategies that are being rolled out uh, without any question. But in fact, Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would argue that many of us that are, that have vaccine hesitancy are, are actually very well informed, uh, keeping mm-hmm. up with all the latest developments and, and are hesitant simply because there's a lot of questions out there, a lot of unanswered questions. And, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of um, lack of faith in, in the accuracy of some of the information that's coming out. There's, there's, there's no question. You, you've hit on a couple of very important things. So first of all, uh, I would have to say with the AstraZeneca vaccine um, and, and doses not coming to Canada, I, I, I don't think that's necessarily a, a bad thing. I, I can't um, rightfully uh, promote the AstraZeneca vaccine with, with a lot of strength at the moment. What, what we have to understand mm-hmm. in Canada is um, it's proven safe. It seems to be safe short term again, right? We don't have long term data, uh, but short term seems it seems safe. We have uh, the, the, the efficacy data. Uh, so originally, it was tested as a, with a, a six-week interval. Uh, this is actually where, where one thing was done really well. They actually went back and evaluated a 12-week interval and have shown that that actually improves its effectiveness. Um, and that's the proper way to, co- to conduct uh, and, and promote changes in an interval in a vaccine. Go back and test the new protocol and show that it works before implementing it. So they have appropriately shown that you can lengthen the vaccine interval there. It actually improves the effectiveness, but it's still not nearly as effective as uh, the other vaccines that we approved earlier on, the messenger RNA vaccines, Pfizer and Moderna specifically. And secondly, what what Canadians need to understand is it it actually has proven to be almost completely ineffective against the South African variant. So a a phase three clinical trial conducted in South Africa where the South African variant, of course, is dominant, um, it, it failed. And, and, and in fact, these valuable vaccine doses were given away by the uh, South African government because uh, they're not going to administer it to their population. And we have to be very clear, right? This this variant is present in Canada. So personally, if I had a choice, I mean, why would I want a vaccine that is known to not protect against one of the variants that's currently in Canada? 
And then when it comes to these intervals that you're talking about, this is a very serious uh, issue. So, Well, let me uh, pause you there because I want to get into the delays, but I want to ask you a question first because speaking of a South African friend of ours who is older than 65 and has cancer, and she was given the AstraZeneca vaccine, to which I, I, I gasped. I thought, why would they give her, an older person with a clear immuno problem, uh, that vaccine of all, it, it should have been just an obvious that she would get Pfizer or or Moderna. Uh, it's obvious to me. Now, now what I can tell you, uh, your viewers may not be aware of this, um, but so I have seen the letter that was circulated mm-hmm. from the Chief Medical Officer of Ontario. Uh, and this letter was sent to all of our public health units. And in there, the letter clearly states uh, that it is acknowledged that the AstraZeneca vaccine is not as effective as the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines. And on that basis, people do have the option, Canadians have the option of opting out of this vaccine. It might mean they have to wait until another type of vaccine arrives at that clinic, or they may have to go to another clinic. Um, but it specifically states, in fact, that that this option of opting out for the AstraZeneca vaccine should be particularly encouraged for the high-risk demographics, which includes the very elderly. So you're right, that individual should not have received the AstraZeneca vaccine. All right, so, you know, push for, push for the Pfizer and Moderna. In fact, I'm kind of of the mind that anybody over 65 should be automatically Pfizer and Moderna, and they should automatically, you know, we, sh- we should be giving up shots so that they can get the two in the 21 days. But going back to the issue of delaying shots, I know that, you know, we, Canada's top scientist has now advised against it. I know you have written letters uh, urging uh, politicians and, and, and the, the decision makers not to do this, and it looks like now Health Canada might change the dosing again um, for the elderly and immune compromised population because they've now figured out, oh yeah, the delays are not a good idea. Yes, yeah, as you said, I, I've been advocating for, for not changing the approved protocols since the Pfizer vaccine was first approved. That was the first one that we had for emergency use right. in Canada. And it's very important to understand that there's actually an interesting history here. The, the data on which this decision was based was published in a letter to the editor of the New England Journal of Medicine. This was not a peer-reviewed scientific study. It was based on taking uh, cherry-picking data from Pfizer's phase three clinical trial and extrapolating it uh, using a, an epidemiological model into which various assumptions were plugged in and without having the data to know whether those assumptions were or were not correct. So I would call mm-hmm. it at best pseudoscience. And it came up with this remarkable uh, new calculation that a single dose of the Pfizer vaccine was 92% effective, which is remarkable. And this has been propagated. And in the vaccination clinics right now rolling through Ontario, this is being cited as published data. What people need to realize is the researchers from Pfizer themselves published a rebuttal letter to them. Mm side-by-side in the New England Journal of Medicine, clearly stating that their trial was never designed to test single-dose efficacy of this vaccine. More importantly, uh, there's a German group that has just posted online a paper that they're attempting to get published. It has not undergone peer review yet, but I am a scientist who conducts peer review on a regular basis. I've reviewed it. I would request probably that they uh, resubmit to that journal a version that's, that has uh, minor revisions and, and answering a few questions. But the core data set seems very solid. And it's a little frightening in light of the decisions that we've made to force people into a four-month interval with this vaccine. They, they know that countries are considering doing this, so they did the proper thing 
and said, okay, we are going to design a study to see if we can provide the scientific rationale to do so. The outcome of the study was, in fact, just the opposite. They found that a single dose of the Pfizer vaccine failed to confer adequate protection for the vast majority of individuals, leading them to the final conclusion in their paper. The take-home message was, do not alter the interval Mm. with this vaccine. Every day that you extend that interval, you are extending the time period in which the vast majority of people that receive that first dose are left unprotected. And Mm. the only way that we can guarantee that remarkable 95% effectiveness is if you give that second dose three weeks later. So we have hard evidence now that there might actually be harm in lengthening these intervals. Scientists around the world and throughout Canada are flabbergasted. We don't understand. We have clear-cut data proving that these vaccines are highly effective if administered at a three-week interval for Pfizer and a four-week interval for Moderna. Anything other than that is pure speculation. We have no data to support it at this moment. And why would we force people into that type of experiment? It just makes no sense well, because, when we have well, it doesn't, but it's, that works. Yeah, but it's politics, doctor, and you know that. These politicians, certainly that the, the, you know, the Trudeau government, they, they screwed up. They didn't get them on time, and now they're trying to get them in as many people as they can so they can say, hey, look, we got you a shot. We didn't say, you know, full vaccination. We just got you the shot. But, you know, it, it's interesting. When it comes to climate change, it's all about the science, the science, the science. But here we are with vaccines that are new to the market. People are concerned about them. And, and we've got politicians playing politics on a health issue that really affects people. I don't understand. I've been talking about this for weeks. I don't understand why there's not more outrage over this. I, I don't either. I was very happy to see that our chief science advisor has stepped up to the plate here, right? Also saying, yeah. show us the data. Show us the, the empirical evidence that suggests these changes. But now that there's this evidence actually suggesting it could be dangerous, right, make, makes this even worse. I don't know. I certainly have been speaking up uh, in outrage yeah. about this. Um, and, and I think that we need more people to do this. If you ask Health Canada, what do they recommend? If you health, ask the manufacturers what they recommend, it is the three- and four-week interval, and they will recommend nothing else. In fact, Health Canada legally cannot recommend anything else, and people need to start asking, why is that? It is because they are the overarching watchdog for the rollout of vaccines in Canada, and their job is to make sure that Canadians do not become experimental subjects. So right. that is why they can't, the only way the Health Canada could recommend the change is if the companies go back and test the new proposed protocol and show that it is safe and effective. And then if Health Canada is happy with that data, then they will approve this new protocol. So why we're allowing public health agencies to override Health Canada's decisions makes no sense to me. And it's you're absolutely correct. I do believe it is to get uh, to try and meet this promise of getting a needle into people's arms. I think that's where the AstraZeneca vaccine, if I can be very blunt about it, comes in as well. Honestly, again, if I'm blunt about it, I honestly feel it's we're, we're accepting a lot of garbage from other people when we're trying to get these uh, AstraZeneca uh, doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine. And it's, again, to, to make sure we'll just inject whatever into people's arms, no matter how poor quality that, that vaccine is, we'll approve these new vaccines, even though they're a step backwards from the ones we already had. And uh, But this is potentially dangerous. It's with the assumption that 
surely all of these people will at least be partially protected. But like I said, there is now evidence that they won't be partially protected. Worse, as an immunologist, I can tell you, a vaccine is designed to induce immunological memory. That's what we need from the vaccine. We haven't proven that the memory conferred by a single dose of these vaccines lasts out to four months. If it does not, not only might we have people that are unprotected through that prolonged time period, but that second dose may no longer function as a booster right. vaccine. It might be like getting the first dose again, and those people will never get to the 95% protection. Yikes. And uh, we will create a nice old superbug in this country, and the world won't be very happy. Doctor, I've got to let you go on that note, but I'll have you back again. I appreciate it. Sounds good. Uh, take care. You too, Dr. Byram Bridal, joining us here. Hey, look, if you want to buy the political you know, spin, if you want to believe the talking points, that's, that's on you. But being vaccinated, and I've heard it from someone, I got vaccinated today, got vaccinated. Until you've had two shots within 21 days, you are not vaccinated. And uh, the sooner we stop buying the political spin, that's when the politicians will start to be accountable. But they are screwing up this rollout so badly that not only are we going to be stuck with a pandemic longer... But we're going to be putting the most vulnerable people in jeopardy. It's, I don't understand why it's not a bigger story, but I will keep talking about it here on Global News Radio.